Really appreciate you joining us in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And boy, Solomon Wilcox talks about the Cincinnati Bengals. He talks about the seven-game winning streak. He talks about the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, how important this matchup is. He talks about in his playing days when they played the Buffalo Bills three times in the same season, preseason, regular season, postseason. A lot of football knowledge with Solomon Wilcox about this particular matchup, Cincinnati-Buffalo, as well as the season as a whole. You're going to like it. Thanks for joining us in the trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And we are, as always, coming from our outstanding studios. And we have an outstanding guest, friend of our podcast video cast, and he's a heck of a football man, knows the game inside out. Solomon Wilcots. Merry Christmas, Solly, and Happy New Year. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, uh, Dave, you and your family, and of course to all Bengals Nation. We're just you know, I know you were on the plane coming back from the game Christmas Eve, man. And I got to tell you, when I read the report, um, you know, I just sent up a prayer of thanks for, for everyone coming home safely. I, I know it had to be a harrowing experience, but, you know, I'm glad everyone's okay. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, they had engine trouble and their their uh, manual said, shut the engine down. Shut the engine down. Then when the manual said, we'll find the closest airport to land at, had to go to uh, JFK with a long runway because it's such a big plane and everything. And, man, yep. turned into a long night, short morning. There's no doubt about that. But appreciate yeah. your thoughts and prayers on that one, Solly, for sure. Yeah, you got in at uh, 1 a.m. You guys are probably ready. The dinner, the Christmas Eve dinner is waiting on you. It got a little bit cold. But if that's the, if that's the worst of our complaints, it's not so bad. <laughs> Absolutely. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. They ended up being uh, one of those one of those long nights, short mornings for sure, but yeah. it was all good. So let's talk about uh, these Cincinnati Bengals, Solly. I mean, <clears throat> the last couple of games here, it's been a Charles Dickens special, a tale of two halves yeah. against Tampa Bay. They can't get anything done. They can't get out of their own way in the first half and then light it up, uh, courtesy of, uh, you know, the goat who turned into a goat. The, they shaved the goat's horns with all those turnovers four straight yeah. possessions with interceptions and fumbles. And then they had the, the punt team fiasco where, you know, Giovanni Bernard is signaling, uh, taking off the, the fake signal and the thing hits him in the head. And, and then last, this past game, uh, you know, I mean, the, they, they can't look better than they looked in the first half against Bill Belichick in the, in the New England Patriots. Then in the second half lay a little bit of an egg. So, I mean, it's like, Boy, against Buffalo and Baltimore to finish the season, got to play 60 minutes. Can't be playing 30, right, Solly? Oh, there's no doubt about it. I think that's really one of the lessons, the big, uh, larger lesson that has to be learned. Uh, from here on out, it's playoff uh, football. Uh, not necessarily over the next two weeks that you lose and you go home, but you're going to be playing off, playing against playoff caliber talent. And those are the teams that do a lot of different things. They're more consistent from quarter to quarter, from first half to second half. Um, they're, they're more talented and uh, they're well coached, which means they're going to test your areas of weakness and you're going to have to be able to overcome them. You're going to have to be able to uh, not have these lulls in production from quarter to quarter, from one half to another half. So there's no doubt uh, we got to play better. But 
when you consider, you know, when you win seven in a row, man, you kind of have to be both good and lucky. Yeah. Um, and you got to be able to time it up, right? And and to me, that's what you saw at the end of the Patriots game. You know, that play by DJ Reader and Von Bale and, and BJ Hill, uh, all three guys were on the same page playing this brand of defense Lou Anaromo wants. The yeah. more guys you get to the ball, good things happen for you. So, you know, we've kind of played our way into some bad situations, but we're good enough to climb out of it as well. And I think that's a that's a good sign. Seven in a row, like you said, Solly. I mean, that's hard to do on any level of football, uh, be peewee football or anything else. And to happen in the month of November and December, first time ever in franchise history to go seven and oh in those in those two months. Uh, and and really at the beginning of the season, you know, everybody thought, well, geez, the way the schedule is down the stretch. Better build up some win equity and, uh, you know, because it's going to be tough down the wall. Now they're winning all these football games at that time. So I think I think this winning streak is significant because everybody knows who they are. They know their identity. They're trying to make the playoffs. They're playing teams they may see later on, you know, in the playoffs, and they're winning. I think it's a very impressive winning streak. There's no question. You know, and, and it, that brings up, and I'm not trying to compare – our team in 88 to this team, right. but I'm talking about the way we won. As you remember, we got off to a six and zero start. Yep. Um, we end up like, I think down the stretch, we might've been four and four in our final eight games. And right. I think there were some questions about us. We were 12 and four on the season, but when we got to the postseason, remember Buffalo was a team, even though they're not in our division, I think we played them three times that year. We played them in yeah. the preseason, the regular season, and then we played them in the AFC championship game. Right. And they were they were loaded. They had the Bruce Smiths. They had the Jim Kellys, the Thurman Thomas, the Andre Reed. But what happened is we it helped us to find out who we were. It helped us to prepare for some of those games down the stretch where the competition was going to be great. Um, and it's good to be able to win those regular season games. And more importantly, you go into the postseason. It's about from the neck up, the ability to know we can play with anyone, anywhere, whether we're at home or on the road. And I think you have to be able to build that kind of callus psychologically for the tough games to come. And in that sense, I think this team is well-prepared despite whatever these games have looked like along the way. Joe Burrow in the month of December and January has won 10 straight now. That's, that's, that's significant. And here, here's an interesting stat I found, Solly. Going back to 2021, if, if, if Joe Burrow is sacked three times or fewer – He's 19 and three, 52 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. When he sacked four times or more, two and seven, 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Protect the man, give him time and space. He'll pick people apart. If you, yeah, if he if he has time, he's gonna he's gonna deliver the dagger. Yep. It goes it goes back to the final offensive play for the Bengals in the Super Bowl. He's he's getting ready to hit Jamar Chase, and it's game over. We've got the trophy, not them. However, it's a testament. That's why the Bengals went out and dedicated these um, these resources to the offensive line. They know that he's the kind of player that if you can protect him now, and he goes a long way into protecting himself, right? He he gets it out as fast as any quarterback right now in the NFL. Yeah. Um, he knows where to go with the ball as well as any quarterback in the NFL. He's going to give his receivers a, an opportunity. But you look at the two interceptions – uh, that he threw against the Patriots. Hey, I think Tyler Boyd tells you he should have come back to the ball and kept coming and working across the middle. That sure. ball was thrown with anticipation 
by the quarterback and the receiver did something differently. Same on the hot route that ended up being a pick six. Right. Um, expecting a stop route, receiver keeps going, defensive back picks it off. A lot of his stuff now, when the mistakes are made, it's clearly with him doing a lot of the right things that you want because he right. knows he can't get caught holding that ball. Bad things happen. So we do have to clean some of those things up. This guy from the neck up is good as any quarterback we've ever seen. I and I look, man, to be in a third year of a program, third year of his NFL career, and to be playing at that level, you know what? I, I mean, and I, I think in the building they know it. This is not us heaping too much praise on Joe. It's about, every, about everybody else coming up to his level, right? Yeah. It really yeah. is. And, and they know that. That's not a criticism of the other guys. It's just pointing out what's really obvious. That's how um, out ahead of the curve he is. I talked to coaches around this league after they played him. They go back saying, oh, my goodness. We knew he was good. You know, they kind of know coming in, we got to be good against this guy. And then yeah. after they played him, they're like, hey, man. This guy is about as close to anything that we've seen. He reminds us a lot of some of the great ones that we've seen. And even, you know, even Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they recognize it in him. And uh, so we, we, we're enjoying the ride, but now we just got to work harder to be that much better around him. Most of the nine times out of 10, Joe Burrow is going to deliver. Yeah. And, and, and we've talked about it before, Solly, the guy raises the boat so many ways, you know, with yeah. the intangibles. Uh, first one in the building, last to leave. So other guys are like, if Joe's doing that, maybe I need to do a little bit more. I need yeah. to put some more protocols in my preparation. And then the other thing is, as great as he is, he wants to be coached. He wants to be hard coached. He's totally coachable. So now the other guys in the team, man, if they're on Joe Burrow's butt like that, I got to be, I got, I got to put myself in a mindset where I'm going to be able to be coached. And now everybody is taking coaching, you know, because Joe sets a great example of go ahead and coach me. I want to learn more. That's a great thing from your leader, man. I, and from day one, he kind of showed that, um, you know, he's got the leadership qualities. He's got the high football IQ that, you know, he can figure it out very quickly. He right. wants to learn. You know, I said this, I said this, and I, I continue to say it now. No player in this league can coach himself. It, you just, you don't find that in our league. Every single player, um, whether, you know, it's, it's, it's Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt or Vaughn Miller, when they came into this league, they needed to be coached. Yep. They needed to be taught. All the great ones, they'll tell you. Even the smart ones, even the, the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, they needed okay, here's how we do it on this level. Here's what you could expect when you get this look. If they needed to be coached, this guy is a son of a coach. He didn't need to be told that. He knew him. He knew that when he showed up. And uh, I, you know, I give Zach Taylor a lot of credit. When the bar is a high as you have it with a Joe Burrow, who comes with this tremendous knowledge already, but still needing more, you've got to, you've got to be there. You got to meet that challenge. You've got to yeah. pour into you got to pour into that guy who already brings so much. Now you got to up your game and yep. all the players around them understand they've got to up their game. And, but it's what you want. Like that's what you want in a, in an environment that really should be geared towards winning championships. He is the force multiplier that makes a lot of people better because he wants to be better. And everyone knows that, man, we got to bring it. If, uh, if we're going to uh, fulfill the expectations around here, because um, I know Zach has already had those expectations. 
Um, Joe came into the building with those expectations. A Tyler Boyd, a Joe Mixon, a T. Higgins. Uh, all of these guys now, you know, they I think they all came from good programs. Right. Hey, saying, okay, how, how do you win a Super Bowl again? What do you got to do? So they've kind of brought some of those expectations with them. That's what makes for this tremendous cocktail of high productivity. And uh, look, you look at a guy like DJ Reader, man. He's this dude's all in, you know. So they, I think, I see it across the board from Avon Bell with Jesse Bates and so many of those other players, and and they know that they've got a guy in number nine. That okay, if we do what we're supposed to do, he does what he's supposed to do, guys. You know what we could do around here before it's all said and done. I think that's kind of what you see at work here. Yeah, I agree, Sully. I mean, I think you know. You strive for perfection. You're never going to get perfection, but you can strive for excellence as close to perfection as possible. And nobody's satisfied. You know, it's like okay, we're 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 starting to climb the ladder of success one rung at a time. Yeah, I'm not yeah. satisfied yet. There's still rungs to to climb here. You know, I I want to get to the top of that ladder of success. When you get there, there's no seat. You know, I mean, you yeah. don't sit up there. I mean, you get knocked off. You got to keep climbing, man. So it, it's very interesting. You know, one thing about Bill Belichick, when you play a Patriots uh, uh, team coached by Bill Belichick, he always tries to take your main weapon away, take your right hand away, make you play left-handed. Well, he was doing a a decent job of changing coverages up and making sure that Jamar was getting significantly doubled. And then all of a sudden, okay, well, the Bengals say, we're ambidextrous. We got another guy. We got T. Higgins. We can play with our left hand. Also, we we got a a guy named Trent Irwin, you know, Three, three catches, two touchdowns. It could have been four t- catches, uh, three touchdowns. This dude has 14 catches now in the season, four touchdowns. Hell of a ratio there. But T. Higgins, they get him matched up on five foot eight inch Marcus Jones, who's 175 pounds. T. 6'4 plus, 220 plus. He's targeted, uh, he's got targeted nine times, eight catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown. And I'm telling you, every time Joe Burrow saw him one on one, just put it up. Put it up. Let him make a contested catch. Let him box people out. I mean, it. You can't. You don't need to make it hard, right, Solly? You can keep the game simple. Yeah, and look, I, you know, I was. You were there at training camp, and the more I watched T. Higgins, I said, "This gets better." Like he, he was good last year. You remember how he finished the season? Yeah. Um, he was taking it to one of the great corners in our league, and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. And then I watched him at training camp, and I said, "Oh, this kid's better." Like. So the, you could tell he's working at his craft. He wants to be the best. And, you know, many people are looking at him like we, you know, how the Bengals get two of them? We're, they're trying to get one. How did they get two? And then you get a competitor like what you have in Tyler Boyd who will work you over the middle. And now Trenton Irwin um, yeah. and what he's able to do in this offense and Hayden Hurst and all these guys. But, yeah, we, T. Higgins is a guy, his pass-catching radius and the way that he contests balls um, and he can go up and catch them at the top. Um, we don't call them 50-50 balls anymore. They're 85-15. Right. You know? so that's, right. you know, he, that's that's just kind of where he's at right now. And you kind of love what you see. Um, we got two number ones. There's no doubt it. Hell, I'll throw Tyler Boyd in there and call it three. So, yeah. you know, they're, we're playing with house money. It's about protecting it up front. And even I think Bill Belichick understands that he he knew that it was formidable in what we saw in the first half. Now look, we got to continue to score points when teams make those adjustments. But I think it speaks to just the mind of Bill Belichick. He's not going to let you do that to him for four quarters. Now he's going he's going to try to find an answer. 
Right, right. No question. Okay, so we're talking about the line and protection and lose LC, unfortunately. ACL, MCL. He's going to have surgery in a couple of weeks. Going to be He's done for the season. Um, Hakeem Adeniji comes in, and he has been the sixth offensive lineman. He was the guy in their big package. He's played guard. He's played tackle. Very, very similar to what took place in 1988, your Super Bowl 23 season. Joe Walter, last game of the year against the Washington Redskins. He's going against Charles Mann. Charles Mann spins inside. And six minutes, 17 seconds to go in the third quarter. Joe tries to redirect and no contact, just on a natural grass field, pops his ACL in that redirection. Done for the year. Brian Blados, who was the sixth guy in the big package, played guard and tackle. He goes in for Joe Walter and plays very well. You guys win that uh, Washington game, the last game of the regular season in overtime, win playoff games, lose the Super Bowl 23. But Brian Blados stepped up. Hakeem Adeniji has had that kind of uh, background. He's played quite a bit for the Bengals. I think yeah. he's ready to step up. Yeah. I see a lot of similarities there. I've always liked him. Uh, I think he competes really well. You love his versatility. Um, and look, I, I think he'll be fine. I think he's played enough, right? Even yeah. between last year and this year, he's grown. He's yeah. gotten better, continued to improve. I think uh, he understands the mentality that Frank Pollock uh, wants uh, from his guys. And so his continued to prove it, uh, to improve, excuse me, has given us better versatility, better depth. And now I think he's ready to answer that call. Now, look, uh, these guys coming in here with the Buffalo Bills, they can get after it a little bit. Uh, we know about the Baltimore Ravens. I think that's going to be a really good test immediately. Um, I still believe the best way to protect Joe Burrow is you've got to give him some balance uh, with the run game to yeah. slow down a pass rush. When we've, when we've run the ball – um, consistently, because even when we're not as productive early, when we stuck with it, we become so much better later in the game at yep. running the ball. And I, I think that does help us to protect Joe Burrow a little bit better. So that's the balance of helping our offensive line and helping with our pass protection is let's not get away from that run game because Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon, combination of the two, they're, they're helping our offense to be so much better and so much more productive. No question. I mean, stay with it, and then the efficiency starts to starts to un uncover itself, and and now you get some balance, like you're talking about. I couldn't agree more. You know, the thing that uh, is interesting about this Buffalo football team. Well, let's first of all, it, you can have 500 yards, but if you only put 17 points on the board, you still could lose the football game. It's all about points scored, points allowed. So I was doing a little homework last night, and I'm looking how many teams are in the top 10 in points scored in the top 10 in points allowed as well. Five teams in the entire league, three in the AFC, uh, in the NFC. You have the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers, who have allowed the fewest points, by the way. Yeah. Two teams in the AFC, Buffalo, Cincinnati. The only two teams in the AFC, top 10 scoring, top 10 keeping people off the scoreboard. Yeah. Now, Kansas, uh, uh, Buffalo is top five in both. They're second in the NFL scoring, which people would think, oh, yeah. But they're fourth in the NFL in points allowed. People, you can't sleep on this Buffalo Bill defense. You know that, Solly. You're a great defensive yeah. player. This Buffalo defense is solid, man. Yeah, they and they've been together for about three, four years, this group. Right. You know, um, Taron Johnson, um, Tredavious White, um, um, Poyer. Um, I love these guys. I, I was always a big Micah Hyde fan who's, yep. uh, who I know is injured. 
Um, right. But he, you know, this guy was big uh, 10 defensive player of the year when he was at Iowa. I talked to my good friend, Darren Perry, when he was coaching uh, Micah Hyde at Green Bay. Um, and they let him get away free agency to go to Buffalo. I'm like, what were you guys thinking? You know, how could you, because he's such a versatile player. And, you know, when I talked to Luana Romo about the way defenses are built today, you know, I often compliment him on being cut from that mode of the really great defensive players, the guys who understand how to build it from the back to the front. Uh, guys who, who under that, that's today's NFL. You know, the Dick LeBeau's, the Bill Belichick's, all right, cut his teeth, the Nick Sabans, they cut their teeth in the secondary. Yep. Well, Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, the Buffalo Bills head coach, um, defensive back guy like a Mike Tomlin guy, and then obviously Les Frazier played on those great 85 Bears teams. Yep. Coach, you remember him because he coached here yep. when he was a, when he was on Marvin Lewis's staff. They, they know how to build a defense. They're not going to give you the big plays. And that's why I was really – I thought it was an anomaly when they played in that divisional playoff game against Patrick Mahomes last year because they didn't cut off and close off the middle of the field, something that they do really well. And I believe that what we have to do is you got to attack their linebackers. You, It's the secondary guys now. You get greedy, they'll make you pay. But remember, we make linebackers cover too. We make right. them cover as well. And that's the reason why I think people don't give the Bengals defense enough credit with what Jermaine Pratt and uh, Logan Wilson bring to our pass coverage. We yeah. often look at the secondary, the corners and the safeties, rightfully so. But linebackers are part of that seven-man unit that's got to cover. And our guys, I, I'll take our two guys up against anybody in the entire NFL. I, I'll agree. take Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt against anyone because you've got to have those guys. And that's where, to me, if we're smart, when it's time to attack the Bills secondary, think about how Hayden Hurst match up. Think about how P. Ryan, as well as Mixon, match up against their linebackers. Mm -hmm. Think about our slot guys getting across the face of that, that nickel or dime defender and working the middle of the field. That's where everything is, else is going to open up. And I think that's where they're most vulnerable in their pass coverage. You're not going to find a lot of places to operate, but, but I think you can make hay there. Uh, and that's that's what I like about our defense and our ability to hold up versus their defense and their ability to hold up. That's real interesting, Sally. The short intermediate stuff in the middle of the football field, something to something to look at, huh? Something to keep an eye on. That's that's good stuff. So, Allen, this guy, you know, six five, almost two hundred and forty pounds. He's bigger than every defensive player except for the defensive tackles. It seems like. Are you concerned with his? physical aggressiveness where when he leaves his feet and he lowers his shoulder and he runs people over and all that stuff. I mean, as, as a former lineman, I remember we would feed off of it when a quarterback would do those kind of things. When Boomer would show physicality, I know you guys fed off of that in, in 88. I mean, Allen is that, that dude is, he's something else. I mean, he's rushed for almost 750 yards. He's got seven rushing touchdowns. He leads his team in rushing touchdowns. He not only can, hurt you with that throwing arm, but, man, he can definitely hurt you as a runner. Yeah, the only quarterback that I could ever even compare him to when we played, and he – this guy was a hoss of a man, and he could have run the read option. They didn't deploy him in that manner, but that was John Elway. Um, he could have did it. You and yeah. I both know he was that kind yeah. of an athlete. Okay. He, if they, they wanted to run a, 
a, a designed runs with John Elway and let him be the lead ball. He could have did it. He could drop the shoulder on you. Everybody remember him twirling around, you know, in the Super Bowl against Green Bay. However, as a defender, I do it. I love you use your quarterback as a tailback. <laughs> Just, you yep. sure? You know, I'm like this. You sure that's what you want to do? Because yep. I'm getting ready to bring it. I can tell you that, right? Dude, listen, he don't have special protection as a runner. All that stuff that quarterbacks, the undefenseless player, nope. As a design runner, he's a tailback. And that's how we're going to treat him. Now, let me ask you this. Who would you rather tackle, Josh Allen or Derrick Henry? Josh <laughs> Allen. No question. Well, we already dealt with Derrick Henry. That's right. Ain't no Josh Allen come running up through there, man. You treat him with the same bad intentions you would treat Derrick Henry. And Nick and we, Chubb. And yeah. Nick Chubb or who well, I don't care who it is. Walter right. Payton up. He is not those guys. Right. That's what you gotta understand. That's yeah. to me as a defender, this isn't some um some mirage. This isn't some guy that we're tackling that offers us you know, something that's impossible. He's a quarterback. And if you want to be a running back, let's treat him like a running back. That's, what I, that's all I'm trying to tell you. Bad intentions. When you go to tackling, man, look, he, not, he does not have special protection. Yeah, He's a runner. And you got to make him want to be a quarterback more than he wants to be a running back. Make him pay. I agree, Solly. All right, so I got to ask you about Diggs. How do you a guy like Diggs that has the chemistry that he has with Allen? Diggs, 101 catches, third most in the league. 1325 yards, third most in the league. 10 touchdown catches, tied for second most in the league. He is the guy. There's nobody that's even close. I mean, the the next receiver, uh, from a production standpoint, knocks the tight end with 46 catches, less than half of them. You know, I mean, Davis, the other receiver, has. Almost 18 yards of catch. He has a 98-yard touchdown. He's got seven touchdown catches, which is tied for 11th in the league. But, man, I mean, Allen is looking for Diggs. What makes Diggs different, Solly, and how do you handle him? 90% of the game is played from the neck up. This guy is a dude. Like, he's a dude. Sometimes the smallest guy in the room is the baddest guy in the room. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we had a guy like that in James Brooks. Like, yeah. people are like, oh, he's a little guy. Don't worry about it. You'll see. You'll see. When the fight breaks out, you'll see. <laughs> and, and guess what? He was the baddest dude in the room. Bad, Trust me dude. when I tell you. he was. That's Stefan Diggs. If you think this dude ain't the baddest dude in the room, you will find he will work you. Hmm. He will work you to death. He will outwork you. He will outcompete you. He is not to be trifled with. You better come ready and bring a lunch and maybe plan on bringing two because <laughs> he is going to outwork you. And that's, look, man, it's about mentality. Some guys in this league, they truly understand that he's not ready to go four quarters like I'm ready to go. He's not ready to do the things I'm willing to do. Look, we got one in number nine. That's why, you know, you and I just wax poetic about what he bringing and why he's so hard to beat. Yeah. But they, they got one in number 14. Trust me, he makes the whole thing up. 
He is the guy. Now, they've got some great complimentary pieces. Dawson Knox, that dude will hurt you just like Hayden Hurst will hurt you on our side. I like mm-hmm. Gabriel Davis. I, I think this guy is an up-and-coming player. I know he's. they expected to get a little more out of him, but he's capable of – he hung four touchdown passes on Kansas City Chiefs in that divisional game last year. He can work you over as well. Yeah. They bring back Cole Beasley, who's a great route runner, understands the offense. So I think that's our biggest test. I think our – I think – I think we showed maybe our Achilles heel um, against the Patriots late in that game that maybe we could be challenged downfield deep. Not against our safeties. Our safeties play deep ball as well as anybody. Right. Trust me when I tell you. They really do. I, yeah. I love I love our I love our safety. Yep. But on the outside, on the perimeter now, let's face it. You know, Jitterberry and Wouzier is not there. I would have loved to seen us go get James Bradbury. I was screaming from the rooftops that this guy from the Giants is going to become available. We need to get him. Um, the Eagles must have been listening because they went snatched him up, right? You know, as he per- he's the perfect. I thought he was a better buy than Stephon Gilmore, who was also available. But that listen, man, this is where that position when you get into these games down the stretch, particularly into the postseason. This is where teams and the vulnerabilities become that much more heightened. And I think, you know, we've got some youth at corner. We've got some, some deficiencies, not, not whole scale, but you look, man, you know how this league is, Dave. They're going to test you there. And that's what Belichick was doing. They thought, look, man, Mac Jones hasn't thrown deep all year long. Right. Until right. second half of our game. And then found out, whoa. They found out late. Think if they would have found out early. I think if we got to play them again. And guess what? Other teams are getting this tape too now. Sure. Just, just, I don't, I'm not here to expose anything that haven't already been, been seen. You know, right. ball, like I know ball, you you know, you watch it, you see it. I'm just saying, Let's we got to, video tape. <laughs> we got to be, we got to be better. And we're going to get tested in those areas against the Bills, and particularly after we get into the postseason. Like, if we end up playing the Chargers, what do you think they're going to do? They're yeah. going deep, man. They're going – these teams are going to challenge you and force you to defend, as we would say, every blade of grass. They're not going to dink and dunk you like the Baltimore Ravens that try to beat you with a tight end. You know, no, these guys, man, they're going to they're gonna test you outside the numbers, you know, on the perimeter. So this football team still wants to be the number one seed. And to do that, they have to run the table. If they run the table, they'll have 13 victories, which would be a franchise record. Now, 17 games. I think the team that I played on that went to Super Bowl 16, the team you played on that went to Super Bowl 23, we had 17 games. We might have won 13 as well, but they get a chance to do it, you know, and set a record. And the other thing they get to do is, you know, now that they qualify for the playoffs again, they can be the first team in franchise history to win a playoff game in consecutive seasons. That hasn't happened. Hasn't happened. Just that. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's like, you know, there's, there's still, there's still things that this football team is, is, is playing for. They still have everything ahead of them. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest key down the stretch here? You know, um, if like you, you went through a stretch run to get, when a, when a, uh, a, a division title, then a conference championship, go to a Super Bowl. What what should be first and foremost in players' minds right now as the season winds down, Solly? Uh, well, first of all, let me say this. 
if the Cincinnati Bengals were a stock, I'm buying. Wholesale. I'm all, I mean, I'm buying. I'm grabbing up as many shares as I can because yep. that's how I feel about this team. Um, you and I both know every single team has got an area. I think you and I – styles make fights, man. Matchups matter. Uh, there are certain teams I think we match up good against. I think there's some other teams that might test us a little bit. And so um, we've got to be able to always um, understand that the run game helps you to control the fight, that it's not about throw, throw, throw. And I know fans love the passing game. So do I. I love And Joe Burrow. I love the gaudy numbers when he has 350 and three, four touchdown passes. I get it. But what allows you to really control the fight is having that run game. Use a lot of the offense to go through Mixon and, and P. Ryan because that opens up everything else. You and I both know that. Yep. It protects our defense. It keeps them rested. Our defense um, has to understand that winning the line of scrimmage, it's no accident that once we got DJ Reader back, everything changed for the defense. Because that dude, he kicks tail up front now. <laughs> he, does. He, he does. He digs them out. Man. He yep. dig them out. Like, so when you've got, you've got to win the line of scrimmage in these games. And I think we're good enough at the skill positions that we can literally uh, dominate. I think our defense is just so good. I think Luana Romo gives us an opportunity to be great. And um, what we have to do in these games is know this. They're going to come down to the last possession on offense and defense. They always do. That's the NFL that we live in now. And if you think that you're supposed to be winning by a blowout or up by 10, if you got a 10-point lead and you think you got it, no. You, you've, it's about this. It's about being in the moment and understanding that they're not dead until we put them away, until every tick on that clock is gone. And then lastly, you can't pull the pin on your own hand grenade. Yeah. Don't don't beat yourself. Yep. Stupid penalties, mistiming, and uh, offsides defensively at critical moments. The Bengals, the Bengals last year was the least penalized team in the league. We're still doing a lot. We're do, still doing good in that area. Yep. Um, that to me, that when I say ninety percent of games played from the neck up, if you realize the game's going to come down to the final moments, and you got to be sharp, smart, and on your game, if you realize. Don't beat ourselves. Let them do that. You remember a playoff game we lost to Pittsburgh not too long ago when Marvin was here. Remember that game? Had that game oh. won. Had that game won. Oh yeah. We yeah. beat our we beat ourselves. That that's those are the things that we shouldn't have to make that mistake to learn the lesson. And if you're smart like that, yeah, you can get back to a Super Bowl because I think the talent is good enough, the coaching is good enough, and uh, now you just got to go out and do. Solly, uh, can't thank you enough for your time. And uh, before we say goodbye, tell tell fans where they can get more Solomon Wilcox. I was listening to you and Merrill Hodge this morning talk about you know the concussion problems and what's going on with two and everything. That was great radio, man. And uh, and you have podcast radio. Where where can the fans um, get more fill of Solomon Wilcox? Because you can never get enough. Hey, I appreciate that, Dave. No, you can check us out in, on Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel eighty eight. On, on Sirius Satellite Radio, uh, yep. the opening drive from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time 
Monday through Friday. Um, I'm on with Ed McCaffrey, with Tori Holt, and obviously my good friend Merrill Haji joins me for a segment every Friday. We had him on today because he was so good uh, at talking about these brain injuries and concussions. You can yeah. also check us out on the Believe in Bingo podcast, me and my guy Adam Pacman Jones, by going to the Believe Podcast Network or Believe, B-L-E-A-V.com. And also we air on Valley Sports Ohio, Channel 43. So uh, we're fortunate to be able to simulcast uh, our our podcast on uh, on on Spectrum Cable on uh, Valley Sports Ohio. So that's where you can get more of, more of what we do. We love the game, and the game has been really good to us. And you've been really good to the game, man. Great player, unbelievable broadcaster. Solomon Wilcox, can't thank you enough. Appreciate your time. I know it's valuable, and and, and we look forward to catching up with you whenever we can. All right. We appreciate you, Dave. Keep up the good work. And always good to talk Bengals. Who they? Go Who they? Bengals. <laughs> At First Star Logistics, we're a very strict company that really puts the pressure on our employees. <laughs> Breaks? What are those? That's what I'm talking about, Icky. Get the body right, then the mind's right. You know, Become a star with a chance to earn the highest commission percentages in the industry as a freight broker agent. Check out firststarlogistics.com.